0: Thelma and Tom have left uh, episode 30-something, late 30-somewhere. It's quite a while since we met up, Thelma, but here we are again and it's lovely to see you and I'm looking forward to getting your views on what's going on in politics. I mean, what a week we've had.
1: I know. I know. It's great to see you, Tom. It does seem actually ages since we've had a good chat. So I've been dying to uh, catch up with you today, especially with, as you say, what's been uh, what's been happening um, and so much. And and again, where do we where do we begin with everything? What I mean, I
0: suppose thinking? the first thing we should talk about before we get on to what I suppose would be the main topic, which is obviously to do with what's happening in the Labour Party. First thing we should talk about is the. Resignation of two politicians, two female politicians that I'm sure we both hugely respect, actually, uh, Jacinda Ardern and, and Nicola Sturgeon. A bit of a shock for, for me with both of them, really. But um, yeah. I totally get what... Why they're doing it and where they're coming from. It's a tough gig, isn't it,
1: Thelma? Yeah, it, it definitely is. I mean, politics is, um, especially at the national level, is brutal. <laughs> and, um, but I, I do think, um, well, you know, my first reaction was why is it always the most competent people who are self aware enough and have enough emotional intelligence to realize? that they're not in a good place to continue and, and where the worst uh, want to return, having been rejected. <laughs> you know, and it's it's that irony, isn't it, of, and I'm not saying I agree with everything to do with with the politics of, of the SNP or whatever, um, but actually as a politician, she's, Nicola Sturgeon in my mind is one of the best, one of the finest. Um, And I think she's a great loss. And I feel the same, as you've just mentioned, uh, with Jacinda Ardern uh, as well. Uh, But understand, like you, Tom, why they've they've chosen to step down. I just think it's so upsetting um, that we're losing some of the most capable people. Because there's this relentlessness, isn't there, when you're fronting uh, national politics in, in the way that they're doing, but as I say, ironic that we're losing the most capable people. And I think whether you agree with their politics or not, you you must, I must respect when I see somebody who is so competent and so capable, and they are a loss to political discourse. Um, And I felt the same with Angela Merkel. I think she's missing from the world stage at the moment. Um, Again, not you know my politics on many things, but actually such a competent, almost safe pair of hands, um, where you can respect that they uh, say uh, you know speak truth to power, say what they mean, um, and are honest and have integrity. And I think that's so sadly lacking at the moment with many of our politicians.
0: Yeah, I think also, Thelma, it's going I think it's tougher for women. I, I know, uh, well, I just think it is because yeah. there's a sort of underlying, whatever it is, almost prejudice still, isn't there? That, you know, you listen to politicians and, and you see the amount that the political gatherings, it's nearly all gray suited middle-aged men with the odd woman. So if someone comes along, even if it's not spoken, I'm sure it's felt that, you know, oh, you're just a woman. I I'm, I mean, maybe it's not that blatant, but, you, you, you know, I, I mean, in a way, even Teresa Trust, uh, not Teresa just Liz Truss got that to a degree, didn't she? Yeah. And I I mean, I couldn't be further away from what she thinks, but there was mm. definitely an issue of, oh, look at this silly woman. Yeah. Whereas, uh, you know, it, it's, it's yeah. still there.
1: It's still a battle. I mean, obviously, I've gone through a whole career of um, in education and um, achieving headship. You know, when I was first going into senior leadership in education, it was always so much more of a battle. Um, I mean, some of it was that we still haven't got um, effective um, and affordable childcare. Um, if you want to return to the workplace, if you having had children, there's some of that. But then there's also, as you say, Tom, the personal thing with women that often occurs, um, you know, where there's personal comments um, about a woman's parents, about the, the way they present themselves, which it, it does happen with men, but certainly not in the same way. Um, and I think I put something on my social media about Liz Truss. I mean, you know, as I say, far be it from us to to ever support anything Liz Truss stands for. But it was almost like she was personally responsible for the last 12 years of Tory austerity. And, uh, you know, yes, crashing the economy within a couple of weeks, but, but it was so much more of that that's gone on. Um, from Thatcher and David Cameron, of course, and, and the whole uh, Brexit uh, situation. Um, I, you know, she was kind of being blamed for everything and Johnson getting away as well. Um, you see, I don't think he's gone. I, I, think, I think we're going to see him trying to make a return and he's already working on that. So, But I do think, yeah, going back to, the, to uh, women in politics and generally in the workplace, it, it it still is so much harder. It, it is so much harder, um, and it disappoints me that sometimes other women are not sisters <laughs> uh, and are critical uh, uh, of women uh, in politics, um, and that that is you know very disappointing. Yeah,
0: and I, I think also one of the things that you, you mentioned earlier about um, it being, you know that politicians get exhausted uh, and why Why is it the most you know, the, it tends to be the politicians that we like or I don't know if that's true you, I can't think of any sort of right wing politicians that have stood up and said actually I've had enough, I need a break but I think it's really tough for people like, like Jacinda who clearly was heart you know, everything was heartfelt for her. You could tell she—it wasn't just. uh She was a, a genuinely kind, good person. As I feel the same about Nicola, actually. Uh, I mean, again, you know, one thing I've loved in this podcast—I don't agree with everyone, and that yeah. doesn't mean they're my enemy. Uh, yeah. it, that's not what they think. Is just their opinion. What I really—if if someone's coming from the right place, I'm fine. That I agree with that. Mm. Um. And I, but I think it's hard work. It is hard work, and because we, we tend to take things a bit more to heart. You know, if someone has a go at me, it, it tends to upset me. Yes. I don't know if that's that's an issue, and I don't know what happened to either of those. Well, I do know that certainly Jacinda was got masses and masses of really bad. You know, the, the crap that comes at you on social media. Um, yeah, and I think yes. just it just down.
1: Well, I think the pressure that's been on Nicola Sturgeon uh, as well has, has been immense uh, over trans rights um, and that she's spoken up uh, for the LGBTQ community and um, she was taking a load of flack for that and um, also the Scottish independence and the debate that that goes on with that. And But I just think she's been incredibly strong. Um, but I think when people genuinely care about issues, but speak up. It's extra pressure. If you're somebody that is just going to consult a focus group to see, well, which what should I say that is going to get me the most votes when it comes to a GE, you're not going to be impacted in the same way personally. You know, your your emotions are not going to be impacted because you don't care enough. You'll say anything to to gain power and to gain that position that you want to gain, and so you're not going to be hurt. In the same way as somebody who has that emotional intelligence and has has that compassion, because we're talking about people who are ruthlessly ambitious. Uh, there's nothing wrong with ambition, but there's a, there's there's ways of of going about um, achieving your your, your goals. And um, and I think the sad thing is, as we said at the beginning of this discussion, that that the sad thing is we're losing very often the best, in my opinion, and the most principled. Um, because they feel things genuinely and care genuinely. Um, And and of course, the attacks on people who are still in politics, and we all know who we're talking about here, who have stuck through it um, and have taken all the flack at the highest level and the most intense level. Um, but they're targeted too it seems like the good people are the ones that are targeted uh, the wolfy to me at the moment seems just topsy turvy to be honest tom
0: yeah yeah absolutely and and uh, that lead leads on really to what's happening in the last week in in uk with uh Keir Starmer basically making what what was a it was a really powerful speech. I, I couldn't bear to watch it all, but I caught some of it and I read some of the stuff he said about how basically the door is now open for the left to leave. Uh and the the the, the most telling thing, I suppose, was that uh, Jeremy won't be standing for for the Labour Party in his constituency that he's represented for something like 40 odd years. Uh it it was shocking. I think that you know everybody was shocked, really. And and uh, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. In some ways, I I was pleased. It was all it, it it happened in a way because it did make absolutely clear what the situation is and what we've been saying for well, it's got to be almost years now that we've been going on, has not it, Tom? About how the left needs to get its own thing together. But, uh, I mean, how did you react to all of them? I mean, you did send me a little message saying, my goodness, or something like that.
1: Uh, And that's kind of how I felt. Yeah, I was kind of waiting for it. But I think for me, there's two, two issues with this, really. There's the public's opinion on Jeremy Corbyn as the former leader of the Labour Party and whether they would want him to return, as leader of the Labour Party and their views on him as leader but there's also people's and the public's view, I'm not just talking about Labour members here, uh, on um, Jeremy as a a long-serving dedicated MP, Labour MP for 40 years. You you know I know uh, people very close to me who um, Jeremy uh, was their MP and Spoke so highly of the work he did and does in the constituency, even when he was leader and the respect that many, many people in uh, the constituency have for him as an MP. So I think there's two separate things here. And I think Starmer has massively misjudged this um, in terms of the MP and the right of Labour members of that CLP to select Jeremy as uh, to continue as their MP as he has done so for 40 years and I think the general public mood might be oh Jeremy Corbyn was leader of the Labour Party they lost the election let's move on from that it didn't work so there's a there's a vast majority of people in the country that think no you know um it, he was leader, he isn't now. But I also think there's I'm not just talking Labour here. There's a vast number of people in the country that are saying, hang on a minute here. As an MP, he has served his constituents, and the Labour members have voted for him to be their parliamentary candidate and be their MP for 40 years. This is not democracy. This is authoritarian. Um, and I think that's how it's massively misjudged something because I think it's separate to Jeremy and the leadership. I think this is about any person being selected by their CLP to be a candidate, a parliamentary candidate, and be their MP. And I don't think... People. I mean, obviously, I will be talking to people who often are like-minded. So, but what I'm picking up from looking at different um, MSM interviews uh, that are not on the left, I think there's a kind of uh, uh, outrage, really. Of hang on, what next? If he if he's doing this, then this could just move on to different MPs. And actually, I live in that constituency. Is this going to happen? to my MP, um, and I, I I honestly think the arrogance of of of, <laughs> of Starmer and, and the people behind him, um, it, 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 well, you know, as, as I've said, you know, it's breathtaking to me that they, they're not reading the mood. I don't think they're not reading the mood, and, and I'm quite willing to accept that the next GE, many people are falling for the line of, if you don't vote Labour, you're a Tory enabler. Um, and they're falling for it, that we haven't a choice, we have to vote, we have to get the Tories out. Well, they don't realise that this is going to be really hard, but that's what's been happening for decade after decade, and that's why we're in the mess we're in, because we don't break that two-party hegemony, and we don't break that control of, of this almost tag team of right Give Tories a break for a few years now, and um, and let Labour have a stint, and then we'll return. And it's just this, where nothing is really fundamentally changing that needs to change in in terms of um, policy, progressive policy, social policy, um, addressing climate change, all of those things.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, historically, uh, I didn't get involved in politics once I realised it was just a, the two-party thing and even though those two parties early on in my life were quite different in a way they were still the same thing from where I was coming from where I wanted to see you know uh, a system of government that, that kind of allowed people to grow and, and and have good lives where both those parties really were more about how we're going to make loads of money and how, how, how can we make us prosperous and we need to compete in the world. And I'd be thinking, hang on a minute, why are we competing in the world against ourselves, really, against other people who are us? And so I kind of dropped out of politics until, well, until uh, 2015, really. But what I did notice with Thatcher was that she really went for it to... To sort of totally get the left done, finish them off, and then Blair carried on, and he 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 was re- well. I don't know him, but he he was clever, always clever, and he kind of held it together and kind of sidelined the left dis- discreetly in a way. But there were still people like Robin Cook and some really good people in there uh, that gave the left a few little bits of comfort now and again, oh, you know, we've got someone, at least we've got someone in there saying something. And and then, of course, we went through Cameron and Brexit and all that stuff, and now we've got to Starmer. And it's like they're almost trying to make the final push of, right, we really need to get shot at this left thing. We need it to be like it is in the States, where you've got this one really right-wing party and then this other quite right-wing party. And that is really what's happening it seems to me that that's where we're going and that's where we're going to end up. And so it's almost like a continuation of what Thatcher started, I think. And now they're, they've got to the end game and that you kind of almost see them, you know, after the doors closed going and talking about it and thinking we're nearly done, you know, we just got to get, you now how can we just get rid of this one? And and like you say, it's going to be, who's going to be next? I mean, I see, um, I mean, John McDonnell came out and, made a quite a strong statement about democracy he's going to be on the list you know we need get shot of him he's, he's uh and clive lewis has come out and said something as well now and he's a strong very strong socialist and and they're not going to want him around they're not going to want the the girl from um i can never remember her name Dara
1: Sultana.
0: yeah they're not going to want any of these people and no. uh, because they're Diane, just,
1: Abbott, like, Diane Abbott has also come out and spoken very yeah, strongly.
0: yeah they? they're not going to want Diana and and uh I mean you know they they they're going for it and and they're probably going to do it and but it I do think it's really important now that the left don't just go do what I did for the first half of my life, which is just saying, well, it's a stitch up. I'll just do my garden. Uh, I think it's important that we need to, you know, mm. stick together, make things happen, have keep some kind of voice there. Because there is a difference, there's a massive difference between what the left are saying and what Labour and the Tories are saying. And it's become even more stark now. And we've become, in a way, we've become even more relevant by what they've done. Yeah,
1: I, I, I agree with you, Tom. I, I think the significant thing for me... Again, they're misreading it, um, new, new, new Labour um, at the moment. They're misreading it because they think they can repeat and replicate mm. policy and actions of 97 onwards. But the economy is in a completely different place than it was then. If you look at the uh, world stage, if you look at climate change, which now is you know we're, we're in an emergency situation here now where it has to be addressed, um, and you know ending the neoliberal agenda is for my for me is part of that. Um, I for me that we have to now look on the left at looking at taking the control out of Westminster. Um, I've, I've spoken many times about you know written constitution. Um, electoral reform, um, all of these things. Th- there needs a complete overhaul of the system, um, and I think that the, again, as I say, they're misreading the situation. That they're thinking, right? We know what we're doing. We were elected three times, um, and, you, you know. But nobody in MSM, nobody seems to say well if you were in for three terms why are we in this mess now you know why why if what you brought in was so successful is our country in such a mess now um and they're not coming forward with the policies um that that we need um and are in denial about the success the near success we had in 2017 under Jeremy and John and with that manifesto. And they're making a big mistake because this younger generation that are coming through, they have student debt, they have climate change emergency hanging over them in their future, unaffordable housing and rentals, unfair pay, um, and, you know, strike action and the unions give me hope because I think that, you know, that there is leadership from the unions. But for me, they're not going far enough um, in that, that many are still funding um, Labour. Um, and I honestly think they really need to act on that and withdraw funding um, from the Labour Party. Um, so the, there is a, the movement is in a way stronger than it's been I think in a long time, you know, I'm working with the uh, PAL group and the political parties in in that, in particular, Left, Unity and Breakthrough are working very closely together and more people and groups are interested in in what's happening there. So things are happening. And um, and people are, as you can see, people are crying out for an alternative. And I I personally think that if a new party, and I hope it does, um, emerge if it emerges, it does give people a choice. Um, but I I think people will go for independent socialists that stand. Will go towards the Green Party, and I I think they will choose an alternative, because I don't think either of the two main parties are trusted anymore by the general public.
0: Yeah, it's a stark difference now, Thelma, isn't it? You, you know what you're getting. You know if you vote Labour or Tory, you are getting neoliberal capitalism. That mm. they're, not, they're not trying to hide the fact, you know, it's, it's all, oh, we're the party of business. And, and I saw a picture of uh, Starmer in a Centrica coat the other day. And I just thought, you know, they're the guys that have just made God knows how many billion yeah. profit while they're. Yeah. There's links that. to some in the yeah. Lord,
1: I believe, with Centrica as well. So it's kind of, you know, you begin to think, what is going on here, you know? And, and, and yeah,
0: and you can see, like, with the strikes, like, there's massive support for the strikes. They get the, some of the, because uh, they have to do all this balloting stuff now for the law. and the, And some of the figures that they're coming out with are astonishing astonishingly good how many the support and the solidarity are from the workers and yet Starmoor doesn't ever issue any support whatsoever never never even acknowledges them anymore
1: but there's no support yeah I agree I mean I'm I'm still in the NEU and um and spoke at a rally in Huddersfield just the other day um in support of their action and I know teachers that you know it really is a last resort if if they go out on strike and withdraw their their um, labour, there just doesn't seem to be any genuine vocal support from Starmer and Co. at all, and for the nurses as well, they talk they talk and they say, oh, you know, they have a right to strike. But there's there's no there's no genuine support. You don't feel the heart is in it. And for Labour Party, it just seems ridiculous. It just seems um, wrong. And we are seeing obviously the people you'd expect that are still in Labour uh, going out there on picket lines and and um, seem to be you know working incredibly hard to to give that support. Uh, but as you say, Tom, are they going to be picked off? Uh, you know, this, starting with Jeremy, but are they going to be picked off when it's coming towards a GE and we'll have these some awful person parachuted into their their seat?
0: <laughs> um, well, let's talk about some of these people. I mean, you're friends with some of them, so we can't be too kind of <laughs> detailed about it. But like with Jeremy, like when that happened and that came out, and I just thought, right now, this could be the moment, you know, peace and justice. Why don't we just yeah. well, not? It's not my decision, but why doesn't Jeremy just go, well, OK, I'll stand as the Peace and Justice Party and we could all form our own little local peace and justice groups and all the people like PAL and, and all these other little left-wing groups could all just kind of merge into a left-wing party like we did in 2015, really, and we could all stand on a similar manifesto, which the country liked people liked it would be fabulous wouldn't it to be able to stand there and say look this is what we're standing for this is and and people would just say yeah it's brilliant and they could go to here and say what are you standing for and you go well i'm the party of business and you just go well who's going to vote for you then because we know what business does to us it screws us over and uh, it would be brilliant but jeremy then comes out and says well i'm gonna I'm gonna. uh, I've got every right to stand. Labour. All stuff. He's a very precise kind of. There's a system and there's a. uh, uh, I can't remember the word, but you know, a method of how this all works. And you can't just dump me like this. And I'll fight it. And I'll do this. And he works through the process, doesn't he? He doesn't just go. Oh, blow this. This is nonsense. This Labour Party. I've had it.
1: No, oh no, the Labour Party is through him like a sticker rock, you know. It's you know, that is he's he's lived and breathed the Labour Party. So I do I kind of respect him and John for saying it's our Labour Party and it's up to the members. I I respect it, but I've just gone now well, they know how I feel. I just I just respect and love them both, but I I just think what does it take, you know, to say this this is not the Labour Party that you first stood on all those years ago and the ticket you stood on um, and how they're behaving I mean even on the economy you know we we're back to the Thatcher domestic you know analogy with the domestic budget and um it's so wrong simplistic lacking analysis Lacking understanding um, of the, you know, grave situation we're in at the moment, and how the economy actually works, or just trying to dupe the public into believing they're responsible <laughs> for, for the situation we're in, and they've got the public have got to get us out of this situation uh, by not receiving uh, wage increases, etc., um, and paying and paying exorbitant energy bills, and you know all of that rubbish, um, you know, and and some people still fall for it and and so I I do get why some Labour MPs I also wonder and I don't know this if there's a hung parliament after this next election have they got some strategy that we don't know about where they're going to say right if there's a hung parliament there'll be enough of us to actually have real power
0: you mean the Socialist
1: Campaign Group. Socialist Campaign you know, the group of left-wing MPs that are still in there. Is that their strategy to say, just like the DUP had power over Theresa May, Could uh, is that what they're staying in for, to kind of get rid of Starmer eventually, have the power while there's a home parliament, and then move it? I don't know, but I just think that's too much of a risk, and I, I think the many on the left are... Uh, losing patience and so meanwhile i work with who i work with some really good young left-wing um politicians um who who are looking to the future and and trying to uh, pull together this alternative that people can turn to and um and it seems you know we're very small at the moment as i've said but it, it, you have to start somewhere and every party every new party has started somewhere and so you know it's it's bringing people together and and even people on the left you know these that are very uh, I don't know they can there's a few on the left that can be quite bullying in their approach really um if you don't completely agree with everything the way they want to do it and um we've had we've talked about this before Tom haven't we? about you know people like Owen Jones that some on the left have a massive go at and um, I, you know, it seems to me that the biggest critic of, of Keir Starmer seems to be Owen Jones at the moment and the work he, he, you know, he's doing on that and and I do think that we're all fallible and I do think we, none of us can say that we've ever, ever got everything right and I think there just needs to be a little bit more tolerance, a little bit more forgiveness sometimes. Uh, If that's needed, I'm not suggesting I'm in a position to say Owen needs forgiving. I'm saying that we've all made mistakes and uh, I just respect the work that Owen and some others are doing to call Starmer out. I, I, I would say some on the left, we can come together if there's a little bit more tolerance and forgiveness that that people are not always right, and they are not always right, (laughs) either. Uh, I think that needs to happen.
0: Yeah, we need an amnesty on all that stuff, don't we, Telma? I mean, the pressure on the left over the last few years and the the propaganda campaign and all of that stuff that we've had thrown at us, it, it was all done to cause division. And yeah. to make, you know, to, to give us doubt and fill us with wrong facts and uh, and take, basically take the message away from what we were talking about, which was socialism, and put it onto something completely different. So, yeah, we need to get past that because I, I know for myself, I've fallen for stuff before, you know, when when I... I see endless literature or hear endless stuff on the in the media about something, and I start to think, well, maybe that's actually happening yeah. and and you know we i don't I can't imagine for a second there's anyone on the planet who hasn't been influenced by the stuff they've read and been told in in their lives and and it happens to all of us, and we've all made wrong calls. And we yeah. need to just kind of leave that behind now and work from where we are now. Uh, yeah. Obviously, our, my big take on this, Thelma, is that if we did, I mean, Jeremy or someone like that, and I don't, he's probably <laughs> the last thing on earth he would want is to lead a party, but after his last experience. But if some strong politician that's already established did kind of jump and say, right, let's go for it. I think that would eliminate a huge amount of division all in one go and make things a lot easier for people, you know, because suddenly you'd all be going in the same direction instead of trying to work out where you're trying to go and how you're trying to get there, you'd be on your journey. And um, that's kind of.
1: I think that's true. I think if it was a strong enough leader that had that respect, all around respect, um, and and some of the ones who um, have a you know big egos <laughs> were were able to let go of their own egos and 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 go with um, a, a, a leader, or or uh, you know if it wasn't just a figurehead, if it was a, a group of of people um, who who shared that leadership, because I think that could work really really well, um, and actually be more effective than you know targeting one figurehead as as the right would do uh, and msm would do and have done so yeah well it's uh, you know i th- i think it's um it's sometimes frustrating because things can seem very slow um and 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 i know there's this constant call um and at the moment i know the people in the scg are getting a load of flack for not leaving labor perhaps not speaking up enough about what's happening to Jeremy. A few have. A few have said, you know, this is up to the members. It's undemocratic. It's not just about Jeremy. It's about the movement and it's about all of us. It's wrong. Uh, uh, So I think some have, but, you know, there is a call for them to do more and I wish they would do more. I, I really do. But meantime, I've kind of giving up on that I'm, I'm working with the people that i'm working with and 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 doing what i can do to step by step um and it it is slow but 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 i do believe the movement is coming together getting organized i mean groups like um strike map uk who are coordinating strike action across the country and giving solidarity to to the different people who are taking strike action or on picket lines i think are doing a A great job. I think um, every doctor campaign is doing a really good job. They are all part of the wider pal. Um, They're not part of the electoral uh, group, but they they you know we share each other's events and campaigns uh, and support each other. So that that's you know that's good. Um, I think the fact we've got some of the media platforms on the left that seem to be growing in uh popularity i think that's good you know navara media is now on uh five nights a week i think it is now which i, I think is good because that's what's needed isn't it i think i think the left need to be able to discuss politics listen to views on politics on the left because mainstream media you you often you don't know what to believe and and it's just so biased the people they interview very often not always but most of the time Um, and it's highly frustrating so I think having having left-wing platforms um is a good idea too and that seems to be growing
0: yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. One thing that does give me a lot of heart is that there's a huge section of uh, society now that totally dismiss mainstream media as just a propaganda um, outfit, which maybe sounds a bit extreme. But like you say, you don't know what to believe. There is no, there are no standards anymore. If there ever were, you know, I think it should be a situation where if you you know, if you're going to print something that isn't true and you get called out on it, there should be some kind of way of balancing that or, yeah. um, you know, make getting retractions and so on. But, you know, that's never going to happen because the media is their main tool, really, that they are really basically, by using the media, controlling democracy. And, yeah. uh, uh, and how we get around that Well, that's a difficult one, but initially we thought, well, the Internet's going to save us because they can't control us on here. And I think that's true to a degree. And I think it has kind of brought about a big group of us who do create our own message and uh, uh, and people do tap into it. You know, I mean, just look at how the young people flocked to the, the Labour Party. When, when we started saying something that they agreed with. And they just thought, blimey, someone's actually doing it. And, and they came, you know. So people have got their own minds to a degree. Uh, and I, um, I think, especially young, maybe perhaps if you stick your head in the Daily Mail for 20 years, it's very difficult then to kind of come out of there and start thinking independently about what really is going on. I mean, I, I, one thing I, I do try to do, Selma, and you, you really must help me with this if you think I'm going off on one, I'm really aware it's very easy to get caught up into thinking in terms of conspiracy theory and so on, like things about the media and how they do kind of guide us what to think and uh, give us the impression that we're living in a free country while they drip feed us the information they want us to have to talk in those kind of ways. I can see people could easily say, oh blindly, you're turning into a bit of a conspiracy theorist. Uh, mm-hmm. I I am aware of that. So
1: yeah, well, I don't know, uh Tom, I, th- <laughs> I wouldn't judge yourself too harshly <laughs> with that, you know, when you I mean I don't really watch um like breakfast TV programs and things like that, but I do see snippets of it and i just look at some of the presenters and i see <laughs> you know blairite ministers um and um you know I, I as presenters on these morning programs um uh, interviewing the Starmer front bench and and it's just like a love fest isn't it you know <laughs> with each other you know it's and and the, there's no balance with who they interview um I, it's just um yeah, and people because they very often. I take nothing away from these these people that they, they, they're articulate people and they're massively confident, and so they come over to people who don't know politics that well or you know don't, don't really engage. They think, oh, you know, they're good, um, they're confident, yeah, um, and and they're just they're just taken in by it. And and so it's, it is very difficult when the, there isn't that balance. And there certainly isn't that balance on many, many programs on mainstream uh, TV and radio. Um, and I, it, it's not good for me to listen to too much of that, Tom, because I, <laughs> I just think, what is this? You know, you end up ranting at the radio or the TV. So um, yeah. it, it's best not to... Um, I mean, I do try and re- read and... Uh, listen to as much of a, a balance as i can um but sometimes it's just overwhelming where you just say oh my goodness me uh this is this is just just not just not a balanced report at all uh, or interview um and the line of questioning as well you know is it, it is uh yeah it's it's very, it's very difficult times very difficult times for that but we have to battle on with the left and
0: we do. I think one of the important things relating to this is this is why things like Thelma and Tom and all these other, I mean, we're, we're tiny, I know we are, but it's still important because on one day a week, I have to sit in the car driving quite a lot. And I listen to quite a lot of Radio 4 or Radio 5 a Switch, depending. And when I get out of that car, I'm often quite depressed and I'm thinking we haven't got a hope if, if this is how the nation thinks and if this is what the nation are being told I'm just like I say I'm just going to have to do my garden Actually, we're, we're, we're gone and I do I do admit that I do get quite not depressed I don't mean depressed in a clinical way but I get a bit down sometimes about that stuff and it's very important, I think, to get the balance, you know, to get, them, to get our side of the story, which you're never, ever going to get mm. from Radio 4, Radio 5 or the BBC or Channel 4 or anywhere. They don't even allow socialists on anymore uh, or don't invite them on. Maybe, maybe the socialists are all saying no, but they just don't get on telly anymore, do they? Well,
1: you're really shocked, aren't you? When uh, I was really shocked when it's the first time I've watched it in well since they were appalling to Diane Abbott on um, Question Time, and Ash Sarkar was on, and um, and she really gave them some stick as well. It was brilliant, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> and and I, I was just really shocked to see somebody like Ash Sarkar on on, you know, and um, and why should I be shocked? Well, I'm shocked because you you just do not get the left-wing view on a programme like that. Um, and it's meant to be a topical political discussion and debate. Um, and um, that, that's, that's what we're up against, Tom. So, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's a glimmer of hope now and again when somebody gets on, but it's almost is a shock. And, and I sometimes wonder whether they put have somebody like that on because it boosts their viewing figures. <laughs> because I know a lot of us on the left did actually watch question time because our Sarkar was uh, was on uh because the rest of us just don't bother tuning in now because it's just too frustrating and just uh, too biased and so right-wing most of the guests are really right-wing um so um yeah it's uh now and again now and again somebody gets under the wire <laughs> and onto and onto a mainstream program um but but i think what you say about our podcast Um, it's quite interesting because I know we're really small um, but it's interesting because we haven't we haven't recorded um, an episode for a while I have had quite a few people contact me and say hey when are are you and Tom gonna um, gonna have a chat again Um, so there's quite a few people who we may have a few listeners but I think they're quite loyal
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I think you're right Thelma it's it's um it's it's really good to do this podcast. I, I've learned so much from chatting on here with you and with the guests that we had initially. Um, obviously, we can't do that guest thing anymore with the Labour MPs because it would be su- political suicide for them to come on now. Um, but um, <laughs> I remember when we were discussing after about 10 or 12 episodes, no, more than that, 20 episodes maybe, and we were discussing whether we should um, have uh, how we were going to survive without these high profile guests because they couldn't really, uh, you know, come on and uh, deal with us, really, because we were (laughs) kind of finished.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I I don't know. I think there might be one or two that might still be brave enough. We could try asking. Um, uh, Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I
0: think there are. But it, it was difficult for us as well, in a way, because I remember also thinking, "Oh, we can't ask that that question because yeah. we don't want to." What put does it that
1: in... say, though, Tom? What does that say? You know, where you're concerned about asking a a, a kind of um, pertinent question about politics, in case it's too radical or left wing, um, it's just. It's just, uh, you know, reflective of what Labour has become, really, isn't it? Um, I
0: was shocked when I first found myself in that position and I just thought, blimey, I'm actually having my agenda dictated to here by my need to not put people I um, admire into a difficult position.
1: Yeah. And I'm not
0: yeah. used to that because I've got this whole big thing about, look, no one's going to be in control of me and I'm in charge of my situation. And suddenly my situation was saying, yeah. whatever you do, don't ask about that. And it yeah. was shocking to me.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I do get when I was an MP and you're representing your constituents, but you are representing a party as well. You know, it's kind of, I do get that loyalty um, and professionalism in terms of, you know, you do, you do need to be, guarded about some things but when it's a basic political question about where do you stand on this and if you're not in complete agreement you're drummed out of the party i mean it's just um it's just dreadful that i think um but but we you know i'm hopeful that the the coming together of the movement the organization the the strike action that's taking place um, and that solidarity, and and some workers are in fact winning through and have been awarded, you know, really quite good or well not good fair um, pay deals. So it, it is starting to turn. I think it is it is working, um, and um, you know, be a tough a tough year ahead um but um as I say one of the key things for me would be if um some of these bigger units unions would withdraw funding from the labor party and I think that would make a significant difference to uh, and and give it to some of the smaller people like us <laughs> yeah, I, think,
0: I, think that, you know? I think they will too I think that will happen it's it's, it's almost like I've got I feel quite positive because even though it's in some ways quite traumatic what's happened in the last few days, it has brought us together, mm-hmm. uh, the left together, and it has made us stronger. And also one thing that the Labour Party are doing now is actively pushing the left out. Well, if they want yes. to push the left out, they're going to push the unions out for sure. And yeah. uh, and and where are the unions going to go? Well, they're going to help the left. Uh, I do think it's going in the right direction. Um, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I think they've misjudged it. Uh, yeah. I hope they
1: have. Yeah, well, I'm seeing on social media, people say, oh, well, I, I've never been a Corbyn supporter, but I think this is the wrong move and I think it's wrong and that the members of that CLP should be able to um, select their own um, candidate and their own MP. So it's people, it's alienating people who actually didn't support Jeremy and, and, and his leadership in the first place. So I do think it's a massively wrong call. Um, and well, we'll see, won't we? But as I say, I'm quite accepting that Labour are going to win the next GE. But the population, ordinary people, the many, won't be winning.
0: I'll just talk about that point you, you made earlier about um, hung parliament. If Now, I can see how that would work. So, so suppose... Labour had a majority of 15 and there were 20 socialists. They could then hold Labour to ransom. Yeah. And so that would be how that would work. Is that what you're envisaging?
1: Well, yeah. And also um, the hope is that um, there will be candidates um, from um, the Breakthrough Party and, and you know, supported by PAL. You know, just one seat. I mean, if you think about the Greens, they've only had Caroline Lucas all these years. I mean, I think <laughs> Greens are going to gain more seats at the next GE. But they've only had one seat. But look at the influence that she's had in many ways. And if Breakthrough had one seat or there was some independent left-wing you know socialists who stand who win a seat who have maybe fairly high profile who win a seat plus the socialist campaign group mps if if they came together in parliament and it was already that margin you've talked about of maybe five seats they could have massive influence on policy on you know the votes on you know and it I know it's a slow process and it would be building from there. But as I said earlier, you have to start from somewhere. And I, I think that you, you, you have to have that vision. For you know, this is the starting point and And um, it may be that, just for example, the Breakthrough Party wins one seat um, or wins a number of council seats. And, and, and independents on the left and socialists on the left stand and win a seat or... At wing council seats parliamentary seat or council seats and it's that gradual growing creeping um power and influence that that could change things yeah
0: i mean i i totally agree with you about that uh, w- we have to do this regardless of how much hard work and how slow it might be we have no other choice we have to just go for it and chip away or whatever except however it is if it takes off it takes off but if it doesn't it doesn't mean we just have to give up we have to keep going because the things can suddenly suddenly happen and if we're you know not there it's not going to happen so i i totally agree we have to just keep pushing in the right direction telling yeah. it how it is getting organized and our opportunity will come
1: i think all doing the bit we can you know i do I have a bit of a scattergun approach with this. Really, I do the I do the podcast. I turn up at things. I go and uh, back candidates. I speak at rallies. I, do, I I do what I can. You know, uh, now I'm not an elected um, uh, MP anymore. But but we can all do our bit to help the movement, and and that's what I do. And I try and work with as many people as possible. Uh, you know, to 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 grow the movement and to get organised. And I, th- I think we have to do that yeah
0: yeah it, 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 there you will. are Thelma it's, um, it's been lovely to talk to you and, you. and uh, uh I, I missed the podcast actually it's, it's got to be at least a couple of months If I th- oh we did one just before Christmas so it was a couple of months ago we did a podcast um, yeah. so hopefully we'll get to do one uh, a bit sooner than uh, yeah than,
1: hopefully
0: uh, hopefully
1: yeah and, and we'll probably have more news about what's happening um in Islington and and uh, with Jeremy's seat and uh, I mean in politics at the moment anything could happen couldn't it over um, the next few months
0: absolutely it's exciting it's and and I feel positive about it although as I say I don't always feel positive but the last few days I mean you can like you say you can get a good feel from social media actually as to what which way the wind's blowing and yeah. and it, it does feel like it's uh there's a little bit of an air of panic amongst the establishment really they don't yeah. really they're not totally convinced they've made the right move there well but...
1: no, I think they're trying to bluff the way through aren't they um but there's this fear why do they keep mentioning jeremy all the time if they're not absolutely terrified that he might be <laughs> about to about to launch a new party i find it I do find it quite fascinating. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> anyway, okay, so there we are. I'll, I'll, I'll say goodbye and I'll hand your hand over to
1: you. Okay, Tom, great to talk to you. See you soon. And um, I'll leave you with just a very simple quote that um, I noticed the other day and thought, oh, this is very appropriate, working with Pal and uh, wonderful young socialists. It's not the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog. Solidarity. <laughs>
0: Sorry, Dorothy Thelma, lovely to see you and um, look forward to our next recording.
1: Bye. Bye.